0: Thank you for asking me to lead. Um, and congrats to the chip people. Uh, Rich is my sponsee and, uh, Miranda. I literally grew up with her from when she was like three years old and I was probably like like six or seven. And, um, when they moved into the neighborhood, I was, uh, riding my bike naked in the rain and her mom told me that I had to go home and I flipped her off. (laughs) Uh, I was a bad kid from the start. And, um, you know, this weekend was, uh, it was crazy, like my my life has gotten crazy. We had uh, eight kids and just me and my girlfriend, Christine. And uh, well, we have five kids, but there were three additional kids. And uh, we took them to the beach and to food and ice cream and all this stuff. And um, it's all gifts to this program. You know, it's all stuff that I would have missed, like all stuff that, that, uh, that I couldn't show up for. I couldn't be a man, I couldn't do anything like that. Um, just to qualify a little bit, when I was uh, 25, I got sober the first time. Um, I'd been calling the police on intruders that weren't in my house like seven times, uh, shooting guns off in my apartment. I'd ripped off the entire carpet. I'd taken down a wall because I was convinced that my apartment was inside of another apartment. And that's how these people were doing what I thought they were doing. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so I called the Hospital um, because I was living in this apartment that I'd been evicted from, I was just squatting there. And uh, I called whole Hospital. I spent hours with these people on the phone, and um, and I was trying to get into the outpatient program because it didn't seem that serious. And uh, at the end of the call, they're like, they're like, okay, well, just stay sober for three days and then come on in. And I was like, sure. And I hung up and I realized like, there's no chance of me staying sober for three days. I can't stay sober for thirty minutes. You know, uh, I'm gonna search the carpet right now. And um, <laughs> and uh, and so I I went back and checked myself in, and uh, I was there for like. A week and as soon as I got there I knew I made a horrible decision you know this is not what I, I was like can I get some valium some anxiety meds like what's going on here like this is not cool you're supposed to like dope me up and cruise me for a week or something you know and uh and they're like well we gotta admit you first and um I ended up leaving against medical advice and uh my friend picked me up and took me to this um this program called able to change and uh and when I got there um staff was like hey there's a meeting tonight like you don't need to go because you just got here but if you want to it's in this girl's backyard and you can come and um i went to that meeting and it turned out to be in this girl's back in this girl that i knew's backyard and uh, her brother was there her brother drank alcohol just like me this guy was, was exactly like me and he was sharing that he had he had like 30 or 60 days or something and he had this beautiful share and um what i had always told myself was that like A it was a great program and I knew it worked for people. I'd seen it work for my dad. My dad's been sober for 26 years. I'd seen it work for my, some of my best friends, but I thought that um, they didn't love alcohol the way that I loved alcohol. They didn't think all the love songs written were about alcohol. They didn't worship it. They didn't, they, you know what I mean? It, it was my everything. And um, I didn't think that it could work for someone like me. And this guy shared this and it, and it shattered that, that thinking. Like I knew right then that um, if it could work for him, I could get a day. And that that concept of step two, hope, like was was put into me for the first time, and I didn't even know what I was feeling because I hadn't felt hope in so long. I was like calling everybody, like, I think this could work for me, you know. And and you know, and um, at thirty days in that program, they like allow you to uh, leave, you know. And I left to get a cup of coffee, and I ended up in Santa Ana. That's where they have my favorite alcohol, and um, and, uh, and and um, I was at my my alcohol dealer's house, and uh, and. He's, and uh, and, um, and I'm like, you know, if you ever want to get, and I'm thinking I got this built up in my head, like I'm going to get so messed up. I've been sober all the time. I got no tolerance. This is gonna be great, you know? Cause that's what I do is I get sober and like for the first four or five days, I feel terrible. And I know that I'm in the right place. And then by day like 15, I start thinking why that last relapse or that last run didn't work. And it was always because of external circumstances. It was cause I didn't have enough money. I was with the wrong people. I didn't have a car. I was at the wrong hotel. I shouldn't have been talking to those people. There was always a million reasons why it didn't work when the reality was I had run all the fun out of alcohol and drugs that I was going to have. And so I'm, I'm at my alcohol guy's house and I'm telling him like, you know, if you ever want to get sober, that AA program is great. And he's like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> and, um, but my, my drinking was ruined because I had experienced that hope and I'd experienced some freedom in alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, once I knew it could work for someone like me, it, it was over. And I, I was out for like, um, Six or seven more months that time, and uh, and eventually I got sober. I got sober that time in January sixteenth of twenty ten, and um, I was sober for seven years and ten months. Um, after about five years or four years, I had my first kid, and after like five years, I had my second kid. And um, meetings got super inconvenient for me, you know. And I I only got a little bit of free time, and I would have rather gone to the gym than go to meetings. And um, after like two years of going to meetings, I'd probably been to. Three meetings in those two years, and uh, and I, I I went from a person who loved Alcoholics Anonymous like a, this was the greatest thing that I'd ever found because it took me from this despaired, hopeless person to to like a man and feeling good about myself and I went from from that feeling to not going to meetings for two years and I, I couldn't even sit through a meeting I couldn't go I, I um, towards the end of my you know sobriety right before I relapsed I was at this men's banquet that we all go to with, with me and all my friends and my dad and all these people and um, I was there for. For the first speaker and then I left I couldn't even sit with myself and uh and I and I started drinking shortly after that um I started drinking mouthwash to prove I wasn't an alcoholic uh because I it's like in the big book you know step over to the nearest bar and try some folks drinking and uh and we didn't have any alcohol in the house so I went to the bathroom and I was like okay hey, I'm gonna try and drink some mouthwash you know and uh if it works I'm not an alcoholic and so I took three shots of the mouthwash and um I felt the effect and I I was cured It was magic because I didn't feel the need to drink the entire bottle and I didn't wake up in the morning and start drinking the mouthwash. So I'm good. And, uh, and so I thought that I did that for a couple of weeks. And I thought that um, in that same adult manner that I've been drinking the mouthwash, I could probably use my other favorite alcohols, you know? And, um, and it didn't work, you know what I mean? And uh, this was a different kind of relapse though, because when I was a kid and I was out there drinking, like, it was just do as much as I can. And who cares about tomorrow? You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. And, uh, and I didn't care if I went to jail. I didn't care what relationships I ruined. I didn't care whose life I ran through. Um, because I really didn't care about anything and, and jail and all those things were acceptable consequences because the alcohol worked so well. And so I, I couldn't care less. And, uh, now I had these kids and this house and I had all the stuff that I'd gotten from AA and, um, I was trying to live this double life. You know, I was trying to control and enjoy my drinking and, um, you know, be a dad. And, and I was doing all the dad things, but I was I was never connected. You know what I mean? It was always about like, let's get through this so I can get back to the garage. You know, I, I had some alcohol in the garage. I had some in the freezer and I had some in the back of the house. And I would just go like a little buzzbird through the house, like doing my different things, trying to stay at the right level so that I could I could be a dad and be a husband and be a, and make money and do all the stuff that I needed to do. And um, what happened is I pushed all those people that were important to me just away. You know, my, my dad, who's my boss became the problem. My kids became the problem. I just wanted everybody to leave me alone so I could do my own thing. And I thought I was controlling it. I thought, you know, this is normal. And um, eventually I was homeless, you know, I was kicked out and um, I had nowhere to go. It was the beginning of Corona. Uh, it was April, April 2nd of, or April 3rd of uh, 2020. And um, you know, I was sleeping in my truck and uh, and I prayed, and I hadn't prayed in years. Uh, I didn't really realize that until later, but I prayed just, you know, God help me, I can't do this. And um, the next morning, I woke up in my truck and I didn't feel that overwhelming urge to keep doing what I've been doing, you know, because for, for those two years that I've been out, I've been telling myself every night, like, tomorrow you're not going to do this. Tomorrow you're not going to do this. You're going to get up and you're going to go to that harbor meeting. And the morning would come and I couldn't face the day. You know, I'd be up, i get up at three for work and uh, I'd be up under the little, microwave late, microwave light, doing what I do, trying not to wake the kids up and um, just ashamed of myself, you know, and, and, and I didn't know how to get out of it. I, I wanted to stop and I couldn't stop. And um, I prayed and got answered that prayer because I woke up and I didn't have that obsession. And I knew, um, because I'd been sober before, like I knew my head was right. And I knew I just needed to run with AA. And, um, I got back with my sponsor. I got a new sponsor who, I've, who I always admired before when I was sober and, um, I started calling him every day. I started doing tons of Zoom meetings. I started meeting up with him, showing up, doing whatever I could do to um to stay sober and the days started adding up, you know, and um the months started adding up. And this sobriety's been a lot different because um the last time I was sober, I was so amazed at the time like that I could get 30 days and 60 days, that was just mind-blowing to me. That um I really like the character defects that I worked on back then were like so much more glaring like don't steal, don't beat people up, don't, you know, they were so much more <laughs> obvious things than what my real issues are, you know? <laughs> and so when I wasn't doing those things, I was like, I'm good, you know? I haven't stolen anything from the store, I'm not doing anything bad, like I'm a good guy. And um, this time I was so much less amazed with the time that I was able to actually work on the stuff that's wrong with me more. And I feel like I'm I'm much more free in this sobriety than I, than I was in the last sobriety and less in my head. Um, and that varies day to day, like based on, on how connected I am with my higher power. And, um, you know, recently I, uh, like a couple of months ago, I got myself into some trouble and, um, I, I knew the problem was in me and like, I had to, I had to double my efforts at AA and I knew what it took to stay sober. And I knew that I wasn't doing, um, I was doing the minimum. I was going to meetings, but I wasn't like, you know, immersing myself in AA. And, um, I got some sponsors. I started going to you know more men's meetings, and and I've I've just gotten so much more into the program, and uh, it's such a great feeling to to feel like a man of AA and a good person and a good human and have a clear conscience and uh, just all the things that you you can't buy them with money and you can't earn them any other way than doing them. Um, that's all I got. Thanks for share.